What does it mean to normalize suffering? Friends, today on the podcast, the first ever Deeper Dive. The Deeper Dive is a 15-minute monologue episode given by me where I pull one thing out of the interview conversation I had earlier in the week. And if you haven't listened yet, the interview conversation this week was with none other than Gary Miracle Jr. Gary Miracle Jr. is a um, amputee who, in the midst of his blood disease, lost both arms and both legs. Fascinating conversation with Gary. And one of the things that he said to me that absolutely messed me up in the best way is that we should normalize suffering. So today on the deeper dive, which is 15 minutes or less, we are going to take a look at what that means to normalize suffering and how do we go about understanding it uh, from a biblical standpoint. So let's talk about suffering first. Suffering is multifaceted because there's the suffering that we brought on our own, right? Suffering that I did to myself, right? When I think about my own um drinking problems, or when I think about some of the choices I've made with my ego in the past, that is self-inflicted suffering. And then there's other suffering that we just happen to see in the world that is a result of the brokenness of the world. So I think it's important to note that some of the suffering is just a consequence of sin, that when you sin, you will suffer because sin is anything that separates us from God. And in the midst of that separation, there's pain. Now, not everything is like that. So if I um, am a jerk, right, and I'm to my wife, for example, and I choose to operate out of anger, then the pain that I caused myself, the suffering that I caused myself as a result of being a jerk, well, those are my own consequences. That's no one else's fault. I have no one else to blame but me. But now there's other suffering that's just real and painful. And it's just the brokenness of the world. Here's a great example. Some of you may have heard this story before, and if so, I apologize. My grandfather was an incredible man. He was the kind of guy that could fix anything. He was really good with tech stuff. And one of the things that he used to do was volunteer at the church that he was a member at, and he used to fix the soundboard. And so he was in his mid 60s. He was at the church on a Wednesday night while the choir was singing and he was repairing the soundboard. He had just finished repairing the soundboard. The choir goes up to the front of the church and they began to sing the most amazing rendition of He Will Raise You Up on Eagle's Wings. You might know that song. It's like, he will raise you up. I won't sing the whole thing. I'll save you the torture. But it goes like that. On eagle's wings, bear you on. If you grew up in a liturgical church, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So my grandpa is sitting there listening in the last pew, soaking in the goodness of the work that he had just completed. And in that moment, he has a massive stroke and dies on the spot. My grandpa died in church listening to he will raise you up on eagle's wings and friends if i'm honest i suffered i didn't do anything wrong i didn't do anything 
to cause it. It's just pure suffering. And we all know that that happens in the world. Suffering happens in the world. It happens in our lives. It happens in our families. It happens in our families' lives. So what do we do with that suffering? Well, it's interesting. Uh, 1 Peter 4.13, right? It, it has some thoughts on this. It says, but rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. 1 Peter 4.13, but rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Now, what I appreciate about this particular part of 1 Peter 4 is that it's titled in my Bible as living for God. Right? If we go all the way back to verse 1, it says, Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also that you may with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, justice, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. Verse 4, they are surprised that you do not join them in reckless wild living, and they heap abuse on you. It goes on to continue, right? First Peter 4, he says, 7, the end of all things is near, therefore be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers each other in a multitude of sins. Verse 10, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Verse 12, dear friends, do not be surprised at this. I love the way Peter says this at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Verse 13, but rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ. Now check out this last part so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Friends, pay attention to that last part because it's so critical, right? Why does suffering exist in the world or how do we normalize suffering? We normalize suffering by realizing that suffering exists because the world is broken and that through suffering, God's glory will be revealed. Think about that. When we look at suffering in the world, we know that God is this redeemer. He's this incredible father who wants to nurture us and care for us and walk with us in the midst of our pain. And so on the other side of our suffering is God's glory. Now check this out, because if we can begin to look at the way that the world is wired and we can begin to see that the world is wired in such a way that there is suffering everywhere and that everyone is suffering, imagine what that does for us. You're walking down downtown Dayton and you're just checking it out and you see the suffering in the world, whether that's suffering that is a consequence of their sin or suffering that's just a consequence of living in a broken world, what that gives me, what God gives me when I realize that suffering is normal is it gives me the ability 
to see people with grace, to see my enemy with grace, to see my challenges with grace, to see my friends and family with grace. I love the thought that Gary gives in the podcast. What if we normalized suffering? Well, what I would suggest to you today is that if we were brave enough to normalize suffering in the process, we would normalize grace. When we begin to see the suffering that someone else is going through, we begin to give them grace, unmerited favor, the love of God. Well, friends, that's it for me. The first ever Deeper Dive episode. I'm thankful for you. Thankful that you stuck through it all with me. And as always, if there's anything I can do to connect with you, please don't hesitate to let me know. You can go to my website, followtheleadcoaching.com or twmilts.com. You can find me on all the platforms on Instagram at twmilt. Thankful for you guys. If this episode has been helpful, do me a favor, share it with a friend. And remember, if you want to follow Jesus, you must be willing to move.